From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, episode 90 for May 5th, 2014. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. On this week's show, Matt, you had a chance to sit down and have a conversation with Michael Brooking. Yeah, after many years of stalking him on Flickr, one of my uh, favorite original social media sites, um, we finally get a chance to to talk with Mike, he's a very well-known local photographer and uh, also the proprietor of Red's Coffee in downtown Stockton. So yeah, it was great to, uh, great to sit down with him. I am here today in the Outback Studios with... Mike Brooking, the photographer and the proprietor of Red's Coffee. Mike, thanks for coming into the studio today. Uh, thanks for having me. So I, um, I, I've known about you for quite a long time because before there was Instagram and before people really did Twitter and Facebook, there was a Flickr. Right. And uh, I first discovered you on Flickr because of your photography. Um, but you're uh, you, you do so much more than that. But let's let's start with the uh, let's start with the photography. How long have you been a photographer? Um, I got the photography bug when I was about nine years old. Um, my 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 dad used to get Life magazine, and mm. uh, we got this issue issue of Life, and it was called The Year in Black and White. And it was 1971, and. Uh, I opened this magazine up and there were all these pictures in black and white. Uh, it was, you know, the height of the Vietnam war. Yeah. There were kid, the, the little child running down the street, burning with napalm, oh, yeah. you know, the, Famous. the monk, uh, uh, self emulate, you know, burning himself, uh, the guy getting shot in the head. And then there was also some Beatles shots and Rolling Stone shots and just really cool black and white images that kind of, I liked them. I, I just liked them and uh i wanted to shoot them i wanted to learn how from that you know my dad had this camera that he had gotten in the korean war a little niker a niker mat mm-hmm. and uh, a little 35 millimeter camera and i asked him if i could borrow it and he said i could have it and my mom took me down and got me a roll of film and uh i went on this photo safari on a saturday on the calaveras river by uop and it was 36 exposures and and I'm this kid thinking I'm you know I'm 9 years old and I'm taking these pictures and I go over to UOP and I'm thinking I'm taking these cool pictures and I come home all excited and give the you know the film and we roll it up and take it to the and you had to wait for your film to come back in those days and a week later the film came back and not one shot came out not one they were all a mess they were blurry they i didn't know anything about exposure or or anything and uh, i remember crying (laughs) i remember crying and and my dad took me to the library and got me a book on photography and that's where i started started reading i've never taken a lesson from anybody i'm self-taught and that's kind of where i started and i've never stopped since then i've had times when i've kind of gone on and off with it but 
Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you started off by talking about some pretty iconic photographs. Yeah. Um, those certainly are ones that uh, most people, certainly over a certain age, when you describe them, they know exactly the photograph that you're talking about. And, um, you know, when you were first starting off, you said very young, bit by the photography bug. Was there a certain type of photography you were going for based on those iconic images or were you just... Curious. I, I like the black and white image at the yeah. time, and I like the. Um, you know, I, I subsequently learned that you had to have a lab to you know do your own black and white, and I made myself a little lab, got an enlarger, and and taught myself how to to print and to watch your print come to life in a tray of chemicals yeah. was really, you know, a fascinating thing wow. for me, and I liked it. there was something about black and white images. And there was a lot of artistic photographers that I liked. Uh, Weston was one of my favorite guys. Just different people that, I don't know, their images touched you. You know, mm -hmm. you, you know when you see a good photograph, something in it touches you. Yeah. At least for me it does. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you describe your your photography over the last several years? What... Well, you know, I came out of film. I did 30 years in dark rooms, um, and I was a film snob. You know, I shot medium format, large format, uh, 35 millimeter, developed my own stuff. And I did kind of art, more artistic end stuff, did a lot of infrared photography, uh, which I really liked for a number of years. Um, and I swore I'd never do digital. When digital first started showing up, I go, oh, that's hideous, because it was hideous, you know, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then one time I had friends over at, at I used to use Delta's lab, and uh, I I was over there and one day in around 2000, and, and a buddy of mine came, and he had this print, and he showed it to me, and it was beautiful. And I go, wow, that's beautiful. And he goes, it's digital. And I go, oh, well, I won't say what I said, but <laughs> I knew right then that uh, I better get, you know, I needed to make a change because I could see, you know, it was an image that looked like a, I came out of a dark room. And uh, so I bought my first digital camera in 2000 and got myself a, um, a computer and I was not computer literate and um Got a copy of Photoshop, Adobe Photoshop, and taught myself Adobe Photoshop. Wow. And I've never taken a class on any wow. of that stuff. I'm not real adept at it. I'm pretty, I mean, I can get around. And my images, all I care about is how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't add a lot of stuff. I don't do, you know, I need that Photoshop. Photoshop's an extremely powerful program. Yeah. You know, and I don't know half of what it does, but, <laughs> you know, I, I can get around a little bit. Yeah. So when you when you made the the leap, you said in in two thousand. I mean that was yeah. early in digital photography. Um, certainly from a, I mean there were point and shoots, but there weren't. Right. I mean, were you did you start off with a digital SLR? I would SLR, yeah. I and that a, was early in that in that. Yeah, it wasn't a high end SLR, but yeah, it was early. It was a D seventy. Uh, a Nikon D70. I was actually a Canon guy in 35 millimeter, but mm. at the time when I switched, everything that I read said that Nikon was better in the digital world, and uh, you know that's not true. Neither of them, Nikon or Canon, it doesn't matter. I mean, right. they're both good. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. great. Both of them are, make some great equipment. And, yeah. 
it's pretty amazing what they do. And now, I, I mean, you see where technology is taking it. Who knows where it's going to go in the next 10 years? You know, I mean, the cameras are getting smaller. Phone yeah. cameras are pretty amazing. Uh, you know, photography has changed uh, a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. What's what's the saying? The uh, the best camera in the world is the one that's with you. That's right. <laughs> and everybody has their phone. And every with every new version of, of an Android phone or a new iPhone, um, the camera gets so much better and so much more powerful. And yeah, and, and even now there's, you know, I think we're, we're seeing uh, new things as far as um, point and shoot, but with a removable lens yes. that you can, you know, Nikon's got a couple great products and, and Sony's trying to get in that market. And even some, I forget the name of the, the product, but there's the camera that's that has, um, you know, uh, tilt shift yep. in, in built in, in the, camera, built in the can, camera you can pick the point yeah yeah that's a i forget the name of it also that the, that was about three years ago that came out yeah you can take the picture and decide what, what, what the focus what, is yeah, later yeah exactly it takes all the information it's pretty amazing yeah so who knows where it's gonna go yeah. um but there yeah. again you know uh, i know a lot of photographers it's really pissed off you know that that everybody's a photographer and all these apps you can make them look i mean you can, i've seen some great pictures people take on iphones i go wow that's cool yeah. you know i mean i like it i don't care yeah you know, i'm not threatened by it because it's you know i think it's cool that we have all these images well i, I mean it, there's a lot of things that that the digital domain and and the advent of new technology and the internet has has changed i mean years ago if you wanted to record you know, an album in your home, you couldn't do it unless you had expensive equipment and a reel to reel. And now yeah. you could do it. You could do it on an iPad or an iPhone. You could record a pretty good, um, you yeah. know, if it's, you have it's the right exact same band. thing. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing where we've, where we've come to. Yeah. So one of the things, and I mentioned that, you know, I first discovered you on Flickr because you're, you are an absolute amazing photographer. And, and I see and the great thing about Flickr um, although I can't say much good about Flickr these days because they seem to change things. Like they want to be Instagram and Facebook when I wish they would just leave my Flickr alone yeah. the way it was before. But the great thing is all the comments that people um, that people leave on your pictures. And I, I see lots of people asking questions. And I still prefer Flickr because I can go into the meta tag and of every picture everybody takes. And I can see what lens they used, what exposure right. they had. What their aperture was set at, what their camera settings were set yeah, at. Yeah, if they don't, if they don't shut that off, see, I don't, do. I don't shut mine off. Yeah, I leave it on because there's what, a lot. There are people out there that se right. secret. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh. I, I, I couldn't tell that you're flashing wow. fire. Right? But you know, I, I bring that up because I, I've seen things through the years where people have asked semi-technical questions, and you know, do, do you get a lot of people asking you about how to improve their their yeah. shooting? Uh, you know. Um, Flickr has been um, a great uh, place for me. It was uh, one of the, it was the first website that I went on to and and uploaded images on, and it, it when it first started, I've been on there probably seven years, yeah. something like that, and uh, um, I, I fortunately I had a friend who who. Uh, was was hip to the digital world of you know computers and the internet and uh, and he told me how I needed to market myself and he said one of the things I need to do is to go on to sites like Flickr and also Facebook and all these these different places and start putting your stuff out there and tagging and tagging everything mm -hmm. and he told me this early on and um 
Yeah, on Flickr, I, you know, I meet people all over the world, um, interesting, different photographers. People have, you know, they'll ask you all sorts of questions and they give you, you know, I, I've got friends, literally friends that are great friends from Flickr that I've never met. There's a woman in Namibia. Her name is Siggy, Siggy Colby, and she's an amazing artist and just a cool woman. And, uh, I mean, we, we chat all the time and I, I love her art. She loves mine. And, you know, she's on my Facebook and I've watched her kids grow up yeah. and, and then yeah, people ask questions and then I've sold a lot of work off of Flickr. Yeah. I mean, I've licensed products all over. I've licensed books in Germany and England and, um, I've sold stuff, uh, you know, all over the United States off of there. It's been an interesting place for me and i still i still like it like you too i don't particularly care what the changes they've made recently but you know that's somebody else coming in trying to make it an instagram there yeah yeah i do like that they give you a terabyte free yeah you know i think that's pretty cool where can you get that yeah so mike you know i i i, I see the same thing that the advent of new technology means there's lots of more people doing it lots of people calling themselves photographers which i still think there should be an in-between word for somebody that just likes to take pictures because it seems weird that photographer is just seems a little bit seems professional like i think what you do you're a photographer i think just because somebody owns a camera doesn't mean they're a photographer but what what advice would you have for people that want to start off to be a photographer want to get more serious than snapping a picture with their with their phone uh well actually my advice is to take a lot of pictures <laughs> you know <laughs> as much as you can to do it if you're into it to do it and to join like Flickr and get in groups there's groups on there you can join uh that will force you to do certain subjects um so look what other people do and try to figure out how they did it read I mean, that's how I taught, you know, I've, like I said, I've never taken a lesson from anybody, but I have because I study other people's shots and figure out how they did it. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask questions, uh, you know, ask people. And there's so much information out there, especially now YouTube, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can yeah. YouTube anything anymore. Yeah. And if you, it's pretty amazing, you know, the information that's out there. The trick is, is, you know, to have a passion. If you got a passion for it and you see it, I, I find myself, I look at the world through, you know, this yeah, square and always have, we'll you know, I, I mean, I'm, when I'm driving or seeing, I've got in my mind, there's thousands of shots that I've seen when I drive places or I go places and I literally, I remember them and I, and I plan on shooting them if I've seen them that, you know, and some pictures have taken me 10 years to come back to, but I mm -hmm. will get back to those shots. Yeah. It's always, I'm always looking looking yeah. for that light or uh gotta have a passion yeah and if you have that yeah then shoot a lot of pictures and what so what's your favorite subject do you prefer shooting people do you prefer shooting for scenery i've gone through different phases um you know through my career at in photography uh I went through, uh, uh, in my film days, I did about five or six years when I was shooting only infrared film, hmm. which was a film developed in the 20s for, you know, they used to shoot pictures of crops in fields. And it was a very, uh, you've seen pictures in infrared, you probably don't, you know, you, you, you it it's uh you can't measure the light you know it's it's not you, there's no meter for it right so you're guessing and especially with the film 
there's a lot of apps out there that do infrared apps on phones and stuff. It kind of gets a similar thing, but it's not the same. But um, people, I mean, I'm good at people. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, you know, and I like shooting people. Yeah. I think one of the things when I, when I look at your, your photographs of people that I know, it's always that there's something about that that I, I didn't notice about the person or there's something that is a little more intriguing, especially if I know the person and if I've talked with them and I've met them and I know who they are in town every time. And there may be other people taking pictures, but it seems like when you take a picture, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know if it's, it's setting them up in the right spot or if it's their makeup, if it's a, if it's a female, but I don't know how you do that. I don't, that's must be the magic behind your, a lot of that's just experience practice. And, and, you know, um, I think with people, the trick is, is to get them to relax. Most people don't like to have their picture taken. You know, when you point a camera at them, everybody gets stiff. I do. I, I don't like a camera pointed at me. And, and especially if I'm shooting you, I get real intrusive. I don't know if you've ever seen me shoot, but I'm close up. I have from I, a distance. And it, I, I get it in people's <laughs> faces, even when they're on stage, you know, and that's where these shots come from. But then you get them to, there's a moment when they relax and you just have to you find that moment. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've I've seen you at a couple of events, and I've been nearby enough to see you shooting, and it's like, wow, there's I, I think I actually may even have a couple pictures of you taking a picture of somebody. I should look for those. I I think I may have some pictures of that. Mike, you've taken a lot of pictures in your life, and this seems like a most questions that people hate being asked. But do you have a favorite picture? Do you have a favorite group of pictures? Um. I don't have a favorite picture. I have, yeah, some favorite. Well, you know, we, we were talking off air about this one series we did at the bookstore. That was a fun little series. I, I don't. It changes. I think black and white stuff. Um, in my early days, I would, you know, it was always infrared. Uh, now it's more people. I think I'm. I like shooting people. I like capturing people. And um and getting the essence of somebody. I think that's, I have a niche for it and I like it. I like when you see that picture and that person, you go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Especially since in town, there are so many people that have been photographed by you and, and somebody posted now with everybody's on Facebook and they post it as their, um, as their profile picture. And even before they say picture from Michael Brooking, everybody knows it's a, it's a Brooking shot. And that's, as I was saying earlier, that, that aura that you seem to be able to capture is is just incredible. Okay, Mike, in addition to being a photographer, you are now the proprietor of Red's Coffee downtown. Yes, I am. How, how'd you get started in the coffee world? Uh, you know, I, I, I had a passion for coffee when I was about 18 years old. Um, the coffee, you know, the, the, the old Blackwater opened up here in town. Ro, the guy Rob who opened that up um, and uh, it was the you know I was 18 years old it was 1981 19 years old and and coffee was becoming you know over in Berkeley and San Francisco it was becoming a thing you know from Alfred Pete had his place over in Berkeley and 
and you were getting these bohemian places. People were doing poetry and just really kind of cool people hanging out, playing chess and had good coffee. And I didn't, you know, I, I liked it. I liked the buzz and I liked it, you know, the atmosphere. And I thought, man, I'd really like to have a coffee shop someday. And that was at that time. I didn't really think much about it, but that's where I first fell in love with coffee and started drinking it. And, uh, um, about five years ago, six years ago, when the economy tanked, I was uh, I was working in the um, construction industry. I was a, uh, a superintendent for DD Construction, hmm. and I was running school projects for them. And when the economy tanked and there was no work, um, my buddy Dave uh, Qualls he had the Blackwater, mm-hmm. and uh, that was um, Rob's old place. And and I would, I'd seen, I'd known about that place forever. I, I'd go down and see Dave and get coffee. And yeah. I love the spot because if you've never been, it's the tiniest coffee shop in town. And it's just really it's this kind of cool. Definitely a hole in the wall. Yeah. It's just a cool little vibe. And, uh, and he wanted to get out of it. And I had nothing going on at the time. I was just doing my photography and, uh, wasn't working in construction. There was no work because of the, the crash. And, um, I had the money and I, Made him an offer and and bought it, changed the name and changed a few things about it, painted it and been there for now three years and uh, you know people call me Red now. <laughs> yeah, and and what's what's the name Red from? Oh, that's kind of funny too. That's a, it's a weird story. The, I was trying to think of a name, uh, you know, in marketing you want something short, sweet, you know, quick that people can remember. And the thing about the 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 this coffee shop had had a lot of um, uh, public defenders hang, hung out there. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people. That's kind of the it's kind of the public defenders hangout. There there are a few prosecutors from the <laughs> district attorney's office, the cool ones. They kind of, <laughs> but it's mostly public defenders and the. A lot of the, um, I, I heard through the grapevine that some of the district attorneys used to call it, you know, the commie cafe because, you know, <laughs> the public defenders. And and I said, okay. And and I said, red, communist. And then I said, hey, how about a communist star? <laughs> you know, so that's in my logo also. What a rebel, Mike. And then it's got a, the number 13 is because it's my address, you know, and yeah. it's red 13 south and it's my logo and it's, you know, I just kind of that's how it came about everybody asked me and they go why'd you name it reds and and you know that's that's how it came about obviously people are calling you red yeah they call me red red. yeah it's red i'm going okay (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah you can't you can't refute that no no (laughs) and i think it's kind of funny but um yeah it was kind of it's a weird story you know of how you know i mean it was i was sitting there laughing you know, because it, I think it was silly that you know it's the communist cafe, because <laughs> the, because the public defenders yeah. and it's still the public defender hangout, even though there are several district attorneys that do come in and there's judges that come in and a lot of county people and it's a local hang. You know, it's a a lot of interesting stuff goes on in there. Yeah, you know? I mean, a lot of cases are. Uh, a lot of conversations in there. Yeah. What's going on? The buzz yeah. of the city. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you're open just just, just in, in the mornings. mornings. Yeah, I'm open. I I get there about six six fifteen, and uh, my first customer is usually about six thirty seven. Not too many early. Mm-hmm. It's mostly from eight to ten. I'm out of there about twelve, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, and 
every, you know, there's guys, they have their, these attorneys have their cards. They don't, you know, they just come in grab a cup and it's home, you know, it's, yeah. it's a real casual. I always get some cool music playing and, you know, you get the paper and we're, you know, discussion the baseball or football, whatever, whatever's yeah. going on. It's, I just don't allow religion or politics to be spoke of in the joint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to have some, some, because yeah, it's just, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't get me going on those. Wow. And what, um, what, what are some of your popular drinks? Um, I do a, a white chocolate mocha that I, I, um, I use real Ghirardelli chips, uh, and I melt them um, with espresso, and it, it's a real good drink. Uh, I also do a Cubano, which is just two shots of espresso with a little sugar in the raw, a little cinnamon, tiny bit of steamed half and half that's real popular also. Mm. That's kind of... My my deal is is uh, I have a small roaster out of Vallejo, and he and I get coffee every seven to ten days. It's fresh, it's organic, fair trade. Um, uh, that's kind of it, it's good quality coffee. If you like coffee, and I always have a a daily grind. Uh, I have a, a French roast, a decaf, and then one daily that changes. That's typically a lighter roast, or um, yeah, that's kind of my my spiel yeah what do you drink when you get there cubano except no sugar i do i I just do two shots with a tiny bit of steamed half and half that's how i start my day Hmm. and then uh, i have a couple of cups of whatever my daily and that's that's usually enough for me about three cups four cups great yeah well i'm not a coffee drinker and the way you describe them makes me want to actually go have a cup of coffee (laughs) um i don't know if uh I, i drink i drink tea so i have some caffeine but i don't know if i can handle something that with that much caffeine yeah. maybe someday i should try it <laughs> well mike you've been a photographer nearly your entire life and in the last few years you have ran a coffee shop in downtown stockton and you mentioned that you were in the construction business but what what else have you have what else were you doing as a day job leading up to uh your days running a coffee shop um, well, I started out at my dad's store in downtown Stockton, Rosenthal's department store. Mm. Uh, I kind of grew up there as a kid. Um, it wasn't my dad's store when I was a kid. My dad ended up buying it. That's my name. It's Michael David Brooking. I was named after Mike Rosenthal and Dave Epstein, who were the original owners of a store called The Bargain Spot. Oh, wow. And which is where the police station is now on what used to be Skid Row. And they own that store. And my dad, uh, my dad, when he was eight, his dad died, and he lived in that neighborhood. Was a poor kid, and 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 these guys gave him a job sweeping sidewalks, and and he um, started working there as a kid, and then he went off to Berkeley and got a degree in business there, and ended up coming back and and buying the place from Mike Rosenthal and. Hmm. And uh, named me after those two guys. Wow. And, and so as a kid, I mean, I started working there about five, six years old in the basement sorting hangers. <laughs> and I did that all through high school uh, up until I was 18, 19 years old. And then I wanted to leave. I didn't like working for my folks. And right. And I had another friend, uh, Ed Segarini, who owned, uh, their family owned Segarini's Markets here in town. And him and I um, started a wholesale produce business. And... Um, that was in, oh, 
I guess the early 80s, mid 80s, about 87, 86 in there. I did that for about 10 years and did a stint with Orkin Pest Control. I managed office up out of Sacramento for a couple of years and then uh, bounced in and out of the construction industry for about 10 years, 12 years. And until that's where I'm at today, wow. you know, that's kind of, and I've had a various other little gigs along the way. Yeah. I've always worked, you know, now I, I'd rather do what I like to do. I like my lifestyle today. I'm not getting rich. I'm not plan. I don't need to, and, um, I live comfortable and have a yeah. good schedule and I like what I do. Yeah. You know? I like taking pictures and making coffee. So. <laughs> well, well put. And and the fact that you're named after the people that uh, it's, that started, you know, stores in Stockton. You've obviously born here. Yeah, born raised and raised here. here. Yeah, got in all sorts of trouble here. Yeah. Hung out with the wrong people here. And <laughs> yeah, where'd you go to high school? Um, I went to Stockton Junior High, which was in the middle of town. And then I ended up. I was the first year of busing, so I should have. I lived about a quarter mile from Stag. I could have walked there, and they shot me to Edison when oh. busing started. So I was a soul bike <laughs> and, you know, had a good time out there. I mean, it wasn't a bad experience. Yeah. I was a bit of a wild child, but, uh, uh, um, overall not a bad experience. Yeah. So it, I always like talking to people that have been here their whole life. Um, I've been here most of my life, but it's, it's a different, very different to have spent as many years as you have. Um, in the city, you know, what, what are the, what are the, you know, besides the obvious changes of the fact that, you know, we live in a, uh, increasingly digital world besides the obvious stuff, what, what are the big differences in Stockton from when you, from what you remember when you were a kid? Mm, um, well, you know, I'm, I, I came a lot, you know, my, when I, I grew up and my dad had his store, that was when you had a lot of local businesses, you know, and that was the beginning of the end. That's when, when downtown went, you know, south, um, uh, because of the malls came yeah. expansion, north, uh, big businesses, big corporations coming in, you know, the targets, the Kmart's, Walmart's, Costco's, all those businesses drove out all of the small mom and pop places. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why we no longer have a vibrant local economy is because we, you know, the corporate, and this is my opinion, but yeah. you know, the money leaves the community. Yeah. I think back then it was, you know, it was a, Stockton's never been, uh, you know, we are a farming based on a farming community, you know, yeah. it's a Valley town and, um, you know, we were built on agriculture. So, you know, we've had, um, it's just interesting times, I say, you know, I mean, we boom, we are a boom and bust place. Yeah. And, you know, true. we've been in the bust for quite a while now, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. And you, t you talk about, you know, the small mom and pop shops in Stockton. I, I vivid memories when I was a young kid, very young kid, that when anybody in our family would go buy a car we go to Hansel and Ortman yeah. downtown Stockton. Yeah. Like that's where you bought cars. And, and, and if you didn't want to buy them Hansel and Ortman Oldsmobile, you just go to the dealership across the street, but because that's where the dealerships were. Yeah. They were all downtown and, and go to the department store, you know, when I was a little kid, the mall was, was around, but, and they were starting to build these 
um, shopping centers, but there were still places that we would go downtown, and that's that. Yeah, there was there was Rosenthal's Bergs. Uh, there was um, uh, Brown and Mayan, uh, yeah. Cresses, Turners, and you know, all these local. Yeah. Uh, you know the heart. You had the Turners Hardware Store, and you had um, Freitas Records, which is right next to where my um, oh, wow. my coffee shop is. It was two doors down. That's where everybody got their little forty fives, and oh, wow. you had all these you know tailors and. Uh, you know, different herb surplus. I don't know if you remember that. No, but, absolutely. You know, there was these, there was business. And now if you go downtown, there's empty, you know, empty buildings, um, real cheap rents for offices, but there's no, there's no business. And that's because we can't, you know, people, nobody can afford it. You can't compete with the big um, corporate America. Yeah. You know, they've killed they've killed a small merchant. That's like uh, people who, sh- you know, shop at Starbucks. They're buying an image, you know, corporate coffee, you know, it's just um yeah. you know, the thing about them is is, you know, I don't think people think what they're doing. Um, you know, they give a few people little jobs in town, but the amount of money that leave this community to pay their stockholders, yeah. you know, is crazy because yeah. there's Starbucks on every corner. Yeah. That money does not stay in Stockton, California. That yeah. money goes up to Seattle, Seattle. <laughs> and then it's distributed among their stockholders and they have crappy coffee. People think it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, they love to think they, they, you know, they, they're great marketers, you know, but they, uh, they screw the little local farmers in South America. Um, they're not a fair trade company. Mm-hmm. They buy mass amounts. They roast in huge amounts. Their coffee's old. It's stale. But people think it's really cool. It's in a pretty cup. It's got a mermaid on it. You yeah. Know? It's girly <laughs> coffee. You know, it's, you know, and, and people, it's clean. It's safe. It's, you know, they, it's a very sterile, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, uh, that's just one example in the coffee area. It's the yeah. same thing with, you know, people shopping, they want the, they want what's cheap. You mm-hmm. know, um, me personally, uh, you know, I try to shop only with local places. It's really hard to do. You can't really do it to, in the clothing end anymore. But as far as, you know, my dollars that I spend, I, I will not go to a chain restaurant. I won't do fast food. I, I'll, you know, I'll go to Impresso if I want coffee. That's where I hang out yeah. if I'm not at my shop. You know, or I'll go to Sam's, uh, who has the little um, mm-hmm. off the mile. Yeah. You know, there's a few places that I'll go to, and especially restaurants. I mean, yeah. I'll, only, I'll only do local guys. You know, spend mm-hmm. money locally. Yeah. If you want to save Stockton and help Stockton out, spend money locally. Yeah, especially since, I mean, we're not going to get a locally sourced camera or a locally sourced computer, but for so much... You know, and I also, you know, I remember growing up when there was you know, locally owned gas stations. You know, yeah. that seems like a million years ago. But I agree, there are things that that where you can go local, and certainly yeah. the quality is. Well, you used to be able to get a camera locally. You used to be yeah. able to spend money over in Neil Gluskin over in yeah. Gluskins, yeah. you know. And then you also had the camera shop across. The, you know, there were several camera places. Yeah, can't compete. Yeah. So you know, with the internet, and it's just the way it is. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I my bitching about it, or I just look at it and and understand, you know, how we got to the situation we're at, why we have such high unemployment, and why there's not a lot of jobs around. You know, yeah. there's it's very difficult, you know, to do a local gig, yeah. and I my hats off to anybody who tries, and I try to try to support them. Yeah, you know, good. 
Mike, we've been Facebook friends for uh, uh, for a little while, and and I have to admit that I. Uh, I'm pretty impressed watching you what you're doing with the CrossFit and the boxing and the the working out. Uh, what what are you doing? Ah, uh, uh, how I got into that world. My, you know, I have a I have a stepson, a kid I raised, and um, and he's a CrossFit trainer up in Lodi, and uh, um, he came into my shop one day, and you know, and I worked. I, I've always been member at the gym but i go you know semi-regularly and and do my own gig and and he was telling me all about this crossfit world and and uh one day he came into my shop and said hey he says you're coming over to my friend's uh gym on fremont street and he says you're starting on monday and he introduced you to this guy named lance pimentel he owns this box fit elite um training on fremont street and uh and I started working out there, and and it's been a it's been a great experience for me as far as um, getting in shape and uh, in a different way. You know, it's it, it, the people. It's kind of a it's a cool little uh, uh, community. Is you know, it's a it's a community of people that are like minded. They you know like to eat right and have a good time and uh, work out and. I got hooked. I'm kind of, I get, I'm obsessive compulsive about a lot of stuff, even my photography, you know, and, and I got started doing it and I've been going strong. Um, still need to lose. I see, I still eat. That's my problem, but yeah, <laughs> but, but I'm in fairly good shape and, uh, met some really cool people and, uh, it's a big part of my life. I mean, you know, every day I'm usually at the gym and, uh, uh, I, I enjoy the community of people that that I've met. Like today, they had an event out on one of the other gyms out off of um, uh, Hammer Lane. They had a big event, and there was mm. a few hundred people out there in the CrossFit world doing this competition, and it was for a charity event. And, you know, there's there's always something going on. Wow. It's just a cool community. There's a lot of clubs and you yeah. know, a, lot, a lot of gyms in this local area. Yeah, and you're, I mean, I see you're, you're consistently i mean it's every once in a while you know you see somebody they'll they'll post on facebook that they're going to the gym and that lasts for a couple days i mean just like in the real world and people don't post on facebook but i I see yours and i'm like man he's a hardcore you tried and this isn't you know this isn't little stuff this is you know boxing and crossfit that's some yeah i don't do the boxing we do have boxing there yeah yeah there's a guy there who is a was a, a national champ who's one of the coaches he does uh, muay thai boxing uh, oh, kickboxing yeah. mm-hmm. i don't myself that's a different i, I could do it it's <laughs> you know yeah i it, i just choose not to i, I don't go. i don't want to get punched on the <laughs> great or kicked <laughs> and that's no fun <laughs> no but i tell you what there's a lot of people that do it and love it man you know it's it's a fun it's a fun place we have a, it's it's really a family of people that's what's so cool about it and they're younger than me i'm one of the older guys there and and it's just uh it's a good you know it's a good time i went and hung out yes tonight they're they're all going out to the ab tonight to party and you know invited me to come along i don't know if i'll go but uh and then tomorrow there's a you know big barbecue at somebody's house it's just a community of people that you know cool people so it's been fun great all right mike well thank you so much for coming into uh into the outback studios and sharing a little bit of your story with us 
Um, we will put links in the show notes to your to your Flickr page, and then also um, uh, you can go find them at Red's Coffee in the morning, Monday through Friday at 13 South San Joaquin, and uh, get yourself a great cup of coffee. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast talking. Hey, thanks for having me. for listening to podcast Stockton we'd love to hear your feedback call or text our listener line at 565-3229 email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com or find us on Facebook Twitter or Instagram username podcast Stockton and thanks again to Mike Brooking for coming on to the show today it was great to catch up with him and learn about all of the things that keep him busy we'll put links in the show notes at podcaststockton.com to all the places where you can find Mike online also be sure to check out red's coffee uh, 13 south san joaquin in downtown stockton who's there monday through friday morning for all of us at podcast stockton greg manny rod matt and myself until next time make it great stockton mm-hmm.